I don't know how to start this one. Mm-hmm. I could have. I felt like initially when we were talking about another Christmas episode, I was going to be like, what if I just say ho, ho, ho before an episode? But I'm pretty sure I did that for Santa Claus. Yeah. And I don't want to retread that. It'd be it'd be well, weird to retread it on an episode totally not talking about films that retread <laughs> the classics, but that's besides me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it is, uh, tis, tis the season where mm-hmm. we're both watching a ton of movies right before the end of the year trying to kind of cram in what we want to see um to put together kind of for our for our end of year stuff um so what what have you been watching (laughs) i mean unfortunately it hasn't been as much as i'd like yeah especially with like with newer i mean again december has always been weird with new releases yeah because it's like this is like one of my busiest times work-wise right and that's when like december 22nd is like fucking how many films have come out in the last few days like <laughs> yeah there's because it's like iron claw got a longer like a wider release right. poor things which i did see yeah it's phenomenal spoiler alert it's gonna be in my top 10 i, I don't agree. know where i will be for me too. it'll be on there so highly recommend that film but on top of that there was another film that came out that same day that you saw <laughs> which is <laughs> aquaman and the lost kingdom yeah and uh at the fact that i have seen you now for a good what 20 minutes and you haven't talked about it at all i think speaks volumes <laughs> well, in different yeah, ways <laughs> yeah it's um I, I could talk at length about it it wouldn't be productive um so but, is it like evan's review because i did read evan's review of it uh i i don't think i've read it so but um, evan basically said it's oh, bad yes yeah his like it's not complicated yeah. yeah yeah um yeah, it's really it's really an awful awful movie. Um and uh, <laughs> But you already didn't like the first one. So you, I, yeah. you went into this one aware of what you were probably going to get. Yeah, I I didn't like the first one, but I think like in comparison to where the DC that DC franchise has gone in the years since, I've like like my my memories of it become slightly rose tinted to where I'm like okay oh, yeah. at least it was kind of like a gonzo blockbuster like it, is. it didn't work for me yeah. but at least it was like wild and crazy and colorful and you know weird at times yeah and silly to think um, that the, the original I mean both of these films have come from James Wan but the fact that the first film when that came out was from the guy that was still pretty much riding high Conjuring two yeah is pretty fucking fascinating yeah. considering yeah. how wildly stupid that first <laughs> film is and also bloated and uh-huh. like it, again it's it's the type of film where if you want a, a modern example of how not to do an epic there's a lot of good superhero blockbusters that yeah, can really show yeah. that for you especially the dc side of things yeah and it's it's sequel you know i don't i have a hard time thinking of another movie that's like a more shining example of like what a movie that's reshot to shit can look like. See, I I saw that in Evan Dossie's review, and I will admit that will probably be enough for me to watch it in the future just to see for myself, because the way he described it in his review yeah. makes me go, holy fucking shit. Yeah, you... I cannot... That's insane. You can, you can <laughs> just tell that there was no... There was no guiding plan for what the story would or would not include until oh. like they were finishing the edit like oh, abs- oh they shot all sorts of shit that's not in the movie they had to go back and shoot shit that was never supposed to be in the movie in order to make it make sense like it's just so all I... over the place and there's uh-huh. there's so many characters that 
don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if some of them have names. They just show up and consistently show up. And you're like, why are we focusing on this person? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like 50 different henchmen that get like focus in the movie. And it's like, I don't know you or care. <laughs> Randall Park is in the movie, which I didn't know about. Yeah. Because and I he, like Randall Park a lot. He's he's great in Blue Eye Samurai, which is currently out now. This is the only movie I've ever watched that made me hate Randall Park. Really? He's okay. awful. And to his credit, and Evan said this while we were watching, um, to his credit, he seems to be the only person in the film aware yeah. of how bad it is. Makes like, sense. his line delivery is just awful. He doesn't give a shit. Like, the movie thrusts upon him so many big moments, because I guess he's the, like, human observer. Yeah, I don't know. Because he actually, he does show up in the first Aquaman film, very briefly. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's in. He's in. He's in two scenes. He's in, like, a news scene it's almost similar to the neil degrasse tyson scene in bva (laughs) and batman v superman but it's much sillier because he kind of looks like randall park almost looks like a disheveled like his version of like a steve brule where he's talking about he's the only person that believes in atlantis yeah and then now yeah yeah. in in this movie he's joined black manta's team which is the post-credit scene of the first right right which is like that's because that's I remember. I in the totally first, forgot about that. Understandable. The only reason why I remember is because it's Randall Park, and yeah. I'm like, I remember seeing him in the cast and being like, "Did you really? Yeah, get Randall Park for two scenes? Well, I <laughs> well, guess okay. in this movie he's just Randall Park, um, but not like the good parts of Randall Park. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's taking it's, that paycheck. You can't go wrong with yeah. that. Good for him. It's yeah. Um. I yeah. I don't really have anything good to say about the movie. Um. Randall Park looks like the guy. That if you asked him any Aquaman questions, he would give an answer in the same vein as Freddie Prince Jr.'s. He's a talking dog. <laughs> yeah. So I I hope there's some Randall Park Jr. or Randall Park like interviews out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One would hope. Mine's yeah. something from this dumpster fire. So what you're telling me is the DCEU sadly didn't end on a high note, like Actually, everyone was hoping for. The <laughs> final frame of the DCEU is pretty fascinating. Really? I'll give it that. Okay. Okay. The final frame is uh, something okay. to behold. Okay. I can't wait to see if you're <laughs> fucking with me or if that's really true. Um, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this, for some reason, you know, normally this time of year, we're both trying to watch movies that, like, we really want to watch. Uh-huh. You know, like stuff we're really excited about that we end up really loving. Yes. Um, yes. And that sort of thing. But it's kind of funny because just in the last, like, week, it seems like I've been cramming all of my worst viewing of the year. <laughs> like, well, I mean, granted, for this podcast episode we're about, for this trilogy we're about to talk about, a lot of kind of nothing mm-hmm. filmmaking going yes, on. Yes, yes. And then I watched Rebel Moon, which is also fucking terrible. I, and then I watched Aquaman. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you, Andy. I I know this is not, this is not the intention of your review or our friend Austin's take on it, which, by the way... You both, I cannot believe Netflix had a theater release. When it's not even really getting a that wide release. fascinating. I mean, yeah. it clearly shows that Netflix is aware of Snyder in terms of his popularity, yeah, quote following. unquote, yeah. following. But, I mean, I, I genuinely am not going to say it on this pod because it made me very uncomfortable to read Austin's review of the film <laughs> when he initially sent it to us in yeah. like a chat. But when I saw his review and then I saw what you said... I was just like, I'm going to be honest. 
I gotta watch it now. Yeah. I gotta see right. how fucking awful it is. Well, and, and you and I have insane. a vested stake yeah. in Zack Snyder as a filmmaker. I'm st- I'm going to try my best <laughs> to find a way, especially if I also see Rebel Moon as zero out of five, which is a good chance <laughs> to be like we probably should talk about both these films in April. Yeah, when the yeah. when the yeah yeah, because I, I feel like if anything, we'll do a frequel in April for both films. I'm not doing separate episodes for, for both, the, of these both films. cuts. I'm gonna yeah. pretend it's just one big film. Yeah, because initially it was supposed to just be one film. Right, and then it was announced. Oh, never mind. So the two part parts. two is coming out in April. Yes, that soon. Oh, okay. the Scar Giver. Okay, I didn't realize it was that right around the corner. Um, yes. Yeah. I wonder when they're going to release the uh, the Snyder cut of this because mm-hmm. there was a they orchestrated they Netflix is trying to cash in on the the Snyder cut phenomenon Why of Justice you? League, and Why so they you? they designed this movie with the intent of releasing two different versions. Snyder actually kind of shot the film with two versions in mind, one for initial release at a PG thirteen and one. R-rated version, which he claims is like an alternate universe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Like, <laughs> I couldn't be more happier for that man that he is able to just He's hit to do whatever he wants, do whatever the fuck yeah. he wants. And there are people that are just blindly jumping in, yeah, and just giving it. And then like, there's me, where well aware of how I'm gonna jump into something bad, but ultimately will just get <laughs> jumping out of morbid curiosity. Yeah, because yeah. like you said in your review, like. That owl movie. There's something about that owl something movie he made where movie. it's like, ah, maybe there's a little bit of that owl in this. Mm. And it doesn't no. seem like it is. Not, a, not an ounce. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is unfortunate. And the fact <laughs> that you had to sit in the theater and you can't just pause it or right, stop. Yeah. It's, no, it is one of those movies. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't really walk out of movies that I go to at the theater. No, I, I think I've yeah. maybe done that like once. Um but if I were watching it at home on Netflix, I very well might not have seen the whole thing. Like, I mm-hmm. might have turned it off and done something else. Because it, it – <laughs> you can abandon hope pretty early on in the movie, and it does not, like, redeem it, itself. Again, it's really fascinating. In the same week that Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, has come out, <laughs> it's also the same week that Bradley Cooper's Leonard Bernstein biopic is yeah. finally out. Yeah. And the fact that it's like Netflix is pushing both – incredibly hard <laughs> right really just shows what people have an issue with with netflix but also why they've lasted so long yeah it's like because they're aware of their demographic where it's just mm-hmm. like listen you either gonna try this you're gonna try that yeah. or you're not gonna give a fuck and you're gonna watch squid game show it so doesn't right, matter it right, doesn't right. matter just eat it yeah <laughs> all yeah. right we've... but yeah you can read my zero star review <laughs> for was... rebel moon part one a child of fire on filmyap.substack.com again I'm I'm gonna be completely honest, Andy. If you had just given that film a half star, I would have been less interested to I watch know, it. I know. The fact that you gave it zero out of five, <laughs> especially after we're about to talk, in my opinion, a zero out of five, <laughs> yeah. makes me go, well, now I kind of want to see yeah. this. <laughs> but I yeah, understand. Yeah, but we are we are wasting time. Let's just get yes. right into it. Hello, everyone. I'm Logan Soash. And I'm Andy Carr. And this is On Trilogies with Logan and Andy. And on Odd Trilogies, we take a trio of films, whether tied by cast and crew, director, thematic elements, or just numerical order, and we discuss the good, the bad, and the weird surrounding each one. Ugh. And today, we have a Christmas trilogy. That's right, folks. We still got them. <laughs> We're still getting some Christmas trilogies yep. out there. And today, this one... 
is a bit of a fucking doozy. This is <laughs> this is of my own recommendation. Right. You and did I'm, this to us. I did do this to us, and there's a part of me that was wondering, uh, of all the Christmas ones, I think all the Christmas ones so far have been my recommendations. <laughs> well, I th- I, th- I think, <laughs> and I you know this is neither a not like neither here nor there, but like I think you're just more of a Christmas movie guy than I am. Um, I, I growing up, yes. I don't really sure. have. Uh, not that we've watched a lot of movies that we have sentimental attachment to in terms of Christmas movies, yeah, but like I, I, I just don't think I don't associate movies with Christmas. For sure, um, understandable. Um, I mean, I watch a lot of movies around this time of year, but that's more just like whatever's coming out and that sort of thing. Again, but, my um, my favorite Christmas movie is Gremlins, so it's not exactly sure. Like, sure, it, it just goes. It just depends <clears throat> on the Christmas spirit or yeah. that year. And this year, I decided to uh, suggest. A Christmas Story sequel trilogy. <laughs> and you're probably wondering, there's no fucking way. Yeah. There's no way there are three Christmas Story sequels. Well, guess what? There are technically four, but I'll get into that as well. Yeah. So the three films we are talking about today are 1994's My Summer Story, originally titled It Runs in the Family. Yes. Just fucking yeah. awful. On Letterboxd, it's called It Runs in the Family. On Google, it's, it's called My, my Summer Story. I, I bet they changed it in like the 2000s. Yeah. Because who the f- who fucking cares at that point? <laughs> and then 2012's A Christmas Story 2. And then 10 years after that, 2022's A Christmas Story Christmas. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, so to get into this just right off the gate, this is a sequel trilogy tied to everyone's favorite TBS rerun that happens right. on Christmas Day. <clears throat> 1983 is a Christmas story. It's a film that you either still love to death years later or you are absolutely sick of it because you don't even have to watch it fully and you know everything front to back. Not because yeah. you want to. Yeah. But because it's run 24 hours on Christmas there, Day. Yeah, really are kind of two camps on that movie. There's yeah. like the 10 out of 10, this is the Christmas movie. And mm-hmm. then there's which people we have, who like never want to see it again. Which I believe Austin is in the first in the former camp, yeah. which is fine. Again, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a great a really, movie. It's a really good movie. We're, we're not going to probably talk about it too much because most people have seen it a yes. lot. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you I should will, watch it. I will, it's a good, great Christmas movie. And nothing will make – this will show how old you are, how older you're getting – the old man just gets funnier as you get older. Yeah, yeah. And nothing in these three films is funnier than the old man yelling bumpuses. Right. There's nothing in these three films that is funnier than that man's like <laughs> bumpuses. Yeah. There's nothing funnier than that. And that's the only thing that if it's ever on TV, if I know that scene's about to come up, anything that old man says yep. is perfect. But yeah. In 1983, Christmas Story comes out. I believe it's a $5 million budget. It makes $15 million, so it's a success. Okay. But the original author of the book that it's based off of, the book is called In God We Trust, Others Paying Cash, mm-hmm. or All Others Paying Cash, written by Gene Shepard. Uh, it's based off of his life in some way, shape, or form, a bunch of short stories surrounding you know, his life in some way. After that film comes out, Gene Shepard tries to do other things in terms of other, you know, projects, writes, you know, original stuff. Uh, ultimately, at one point, I think when he is, you know, trying and failing to get other projects on the ground, off the ground, he notices <laughs> that he is getting more from reruns and residuals right. from a Christmas story than any of his new projects. <laughs> so there's two options there. Either you fight the current and you keep trying to do something original that'll redefine your career, or, in Shepard's case, at a certain point, 
you just give in to the waves. You embrace it. You embrace yeah. it. And so the first one we are not going to fully talk about because it was a TV movie in 1986 produced by Disney. Yeah. It is called Ollie Hop Noodles, Haven of Bliss, starring Jerry O'Connell as Ralphie. Yeah. And also Crazy. has physically the only film in any Christmas story related content anyway. It's the only film to physically have Gene Shepard in it. Wow. He's in it, but I don't think you see his face. Oh. I think they pull like a Jude Law and Lemony Snicket situation where okay. it's like a silhouette. Right. It's a real hard pull to pull out the Lemony Snicket <laughs> film, but that's just the first thing I thought. Um, but that was a TV movie. We're not talking about that. Instead, we're going to talk about the next theatrical film in the Christmas Story franchise. Yeah. Ugh, I just want to vomit to saying that. So in the early 90s, he decides... We'll do another sequel. It's not going to be Christmas because that would it'd be fucking stupid to do a Christmas right. story too, right? So instead, let's do a summer film. Mm-hmm. So in 1994, originally titled It Runs in the Family comes out, now called My Summer Story, starring Kieran Culkin as Ralphie, Charles Grodin, the dad from Beethoven, <laughs> as the old man, and Mary Steenburgen, who is most people would probably know. I mean, she's... Doc Brown's love interest in part three of Back to the yeah, Future. Yeah, I mean, she's all she's over the place Will in the Ferrell's, 80s and 90s. She's Will Ferrell's mom and stepbrother. <laughs> yeah. She's all over the place. She's a phenomenal actress. Yeah. And the film is basically, think about a Christmas story, long and hard, like what the plot beats are, and just replace it with summer things. Yeah. And that's kind of the film. And um, I'm not going to mince words. This movie is fucking dog shit. <laughs> Fucking yeah. hate this film. There's nothing. I think you actually technically like it more than I do. Oh, do I? Because like, did you give this a half star? I gave it a half star only because Letterbox doesn't count zeros. Oh yeah, um, I still gave it a zero. I I put <laughs> I it on my. Didn't. I made. I literally made. Inspired by this and Rebel Moon and a bunch of other things I've watched recently, <laughs> I made a list on Letterbox of movies I would give a zero if Letterbox allowed me to. Oh, that's and so I good. I put this on it. That's so good. Um. They yeah. should let that happen. Yeah, they I mean, should. I guess I I get it yes. in the sense that like I don't know how you visually represent zero stars because yeah. how you... how are we gonna ask Zack Snyder's top five films if he goes on Letterboxd and sees that you gave it a <laughs> zero out of five? Yeah, I mean, I guess they could put like a big red X to the left of the star system I on would... Letterboxd, and then you click that if you want to give it yeah. zero, and it counts as zero in the average. Because you could also do like highlight the silhouettes of each stars but don't fill them in (laughs) so that's like oh there's five silhouettes that means it's a fucking zero yeah but yeah um my summer story is if you've ever for some reason if you haven't watched a christmas story enough to get the vignettes the beat by beat story situation in terms of the overarching narrative is it's a christmas story literally in the title yeah it's just one kid's christmas i believe in the 40s is when Uh it takes uh place yeah and is basically a kid who wants one thing in particular. He's trying his damnedest to get it, but that only depends on which vignette you're following because right. other things are just about his school life, his friends, his family, his family traditions, seeing Santa. It's basically Midwest Americana, the movie and yeah. in Christmas form. And yeah. at a certain point, Ralphie getting a Red Rider BB gun is not a point until he ultimately gets the gun. Yeah, it doesn't really matter to anybody else. Right, it's just kind of his little yeah, his little back journey. of mind obsession. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so of course, when you watch the Christmas story and you see kind of what 
you know, the story, you know, the ebbs and flows of the story. You can watch my summer story and know exactly what it's trying to fucking do. Yeah. Instead of the Red Rider BB gun, it is a spinning, a spinning top. top. Yeah. Because there is a kid who is definitely not Scott Farkas, but there is a <laughs> but Scott Farkas is in the film. Uh, yeah. Uh, played yeah, by Marcus. played by God, I can't remember his name. I think his name was uh, the Shermanator in American Pie. Chris Owen is the actor. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like the nerdy ginger in American Pie. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's good, good casting. He's not bad. He's for nineties because again, when this film comes out, it's eleven years after Christmas Story, so pretty much all the kids have aged out, not interested. And I think even the adults who were asked, I think the old man and the mom were asked at one point if they wanted to reprise oh, okay. their roles. And they just weren't interested either. Yeah. Or they also were considered well, they, aged out. Which yeah, is also understandable. Everybody had aged enough that it like didn't make sense to be the following summer, I guess. Yeah, even though it's supposed to be. It literally is it frames the film as the following summer yeah. after. Yeah. The, the film fucking starts with the last frame of a Christmas story. <laughs> right. Being with Gene Shepard going, Ah, we all love a Christmas story, right? <laughs> Now let's talk about my summer story. story. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah. And we get into a film that deep dives into the bumpuses, if you've ever wanted that. Yeah, it's really a bumpus movie, kind of. And it fucking sucks. It's the most cartoony shit in a film that is like, does it want to be that? But clearly that's like the only thing it can do because it just, it can't capture them. Even though it has Bob Clark, the original director of A Christmas Story, as well as the director of the original Black Christmas, still have to constantly remind myself. Um, he is. It seems pretty clear that like you just you can't recreate that. The yeah. Popularity, the look, it just it was all at a different time, and especially due to budget, because that film was five million, and fucking it runs in the family slash my summer story was fifteen million. Uh-huh. It's three times the budget. You can't tell. Yeah. You really can't tell in this. No. It looks like it, a TV movie. It does. It looks like what Holly Hopnoodle probably looks like <laughs> if, I, if I watched it. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's. it also makes just some really bad decisions in terms of, like, it gives the mom and the dad their own stories, <sighs> yeah. which completely just kind of destroys the, the narrative of Ralphie's always the lead. Well, it's, He's always aware. Yeah, the original film is entirely... In his perspective. It's his perspective. It's his memory of his childhood. Yes. And so, it, yeah, it feels kind of discordant to then go and have these subplots that Ralphie's totally uninvolved in. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, the, cre- the the most unique, even scariest parts in that original film are, like, his POV. Yeah. Like, again, the, the Santa Claus scene is, yeah, of the, course. Yeah, the kid angle. Yes. We're um, looking up at scary-ass Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah, just seeing every nostril hair of each elf <laughs> in the Santa scene. Like yeah. it's, it doesn't have that. I don't. There's not even anything in this. I would think is just like, remotely indicative of like why the original was so popular. Other than, uh, on paper, beat yeah, by beat, this yeah, is it what you follows do. the beats of the original story, and it kind of, very half-heartedly, parrots all the like. Uh, just kind of the general aesthetic vibe. Yes. Like the yes. yeah, this feels very quaint and storybooky and you know kind of overly cutesy. Um, yeah. But yeah. It it entirely lacks the, I guess the edge of the original. The original oh, had absolutely. like this kind of biting comic angle to it, and this movie's idea of jokes are all just like the most banal, brainless like. 
Yeah, the Bumpuses have morning a morning cartoon shit. Yeah, it's like a buff have like a buff cousin that breaks like their back porch because he can. <sighs> yeah, because he's buff. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's this thing where they go to an Oriental shop, right, to get some illegal Chinese spinning tops. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's a exotic rep- top. So I will say in that scene, the representation is not as bad as you think it would be, no. but it still is on the va- verge of like, no, yeah. I don't like this. Do you? I um, guess they had. <clears throat> I didn't think about it till just now, but I guess they probably did that as like the parallel to the Chinese restaurant. I probably probably the it doesn't really register that way. It's not like no. they're recreating the scene in any way, but it's like, oh, yeah. the first movie had Chinese in it. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that that might be the point. Again, yeah. this movie is not worth any of my brain power. No. Either one of and our honestly, uh, like, <laughs> I I may end up repeating some points on these first two movies because yeah. a lot of the things I could say, which isn't much about these movies least this and a christmas story 2 would be the same they have a lot of the same issues where it's just like let's kind of take the general structure or vibe of the original movie and fill it with just meaningless garbage uh, yeah that doesn't last in your memory doesn't make Mm -hmm. you laugh doesn't land doesn't Uh, mean anything but i i will say i think why in my mind my summer story is Arguably worse is the fact that it has <laughs> Gene Shepard's involvement. Ah, uh, yeah. Like the man, right. the man again. I, and again, he is narrating this film. So again, you have the same narrator as the first film, and it's you know it is great to hear his voice. Yeah. Initially, for the first millisecond, until you realize the shit he is saying is so fucking <laughs> stupid. It is also like yeah. he is talking so much. Like in the original, oh like in the original, God. like yeah. yeah, in the original Christmas story, yeah, he talks a lot because again, it's Ralphie's POV, it's his mind, yeah. it's him looking back, but like <laughs> it is constant. He's like, talking, he's talking in scenes he's not even fucking in. Right. He's he's, he's talking when it's clearly like you weren't there for that. Yeah. You heard this shit third third hand, like it's like it's yeah. One, it's like supplanting dialogue too it's like oh there could just be two people explaining this to each other and it would make sense as a scene but no we have to have ralphie's voice narrating it while the people mime it out because the original series had it original movie had it it's like yeah it's um it's also you know to the to your uh, point about gene shepherd's involvement it's also bob clark i know know? that too and and so that's just all the more astounding that it's this vapid do you know what Bob Clark also directed? And I didn't realize until I watched The Christmas uh, Story 2. What? Because you just gave it to me last week, last, last weekend. It was Karate Dog. Oh, yeah. He yeah, directed yeah, yeah. Karate Dog. I was looking at that when I when he, I picked that up. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Clark. So, yeah, in context, we had a white elephant, Friendsgiving's Miss yeah. party. Friendsmas, yeah. It was a great time. Everyone made phenomenal food. So yeah. all friends that are listening, 10 out of 10. No <laughs> dish was bad. White elephant gifts happened, of course, in classic Andy fashion. The fucking white elephant gift from you and Emma, our film. Our well, it was just for me. Oh, Emma had her own. What was what was Emma's again? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember what I gave, but she had her own one that she gave. Because um. <laughs> I probably wouldn't know if you said it out loud, but like, yeah, because I was because like, yeah, the other day Jen was asking me like, what all was thrown around, and I was, um. was like. Fuck, I can't remember what all was there. there were, I mean, we had a lot of people there, we and there a was a lot of, of stuff there. that circulated really fast. So all, it was, all were fun white elephant gifts yeah. in their own ways. But mine was mine was basically a a movie night kit, and it was all like movies that are like kind of out of circulation. Yeah, or, most like, I think 
I think it was, what was it six movies? I think four or five of them were either yeah. not on streaming or only on some kind of obscure streaming service. Yeah. It's like as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Land of the Dead as well as Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, fucking um, Animal House. No, it was the original Dawn of the Dead. Wasn't no, it's it? it's Snyder. Oh, is it? Yes, it Why'd is. Why'd they pair those? Because it was it was at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think because I think Land of the Dead initially. This is more interesting than anything we talk about. In my son's story. <laughs> Land of the Dead only I think got any kind of credibility and able like ability to get oh, made because of the Snyder because remake. of the remake being yeah. so popular. Which is a bummer, because the original Dawn of the Dead rules, and Snyder's is not that good. No, it's not. Uh, That's funny, though. Down with um, the sickness. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so the yeah. goal was to give a mixture of classics and dog shit. Oh, um, and, and Andy, knowing full well that there was going to be one specific film in that list that was going to perk up at least my ears or Adam's ears, <laughs> and he found a fucking film called Karate Dog, Yeah, directed by Bob Clark. Actually... You also had Baby Geniuses, Baby in that, Geniuses, which is also directed by Bob yep. Clark. God, I didn't intend it to be a Bob Clark package, but but I'm glad you did because yeah. I haven't seen Baby Geniuses. Is definitely like a fever dream that I definitely watched too much as a kid. Oh really? Yes. I, was, yeah. There was a sequel, Baby Super, Super Babies. Babies. Yeah, I've I think I've, I think seen I've seen that. that. I've, seen I've never that seen the original. John Voight's also in that as yeah. well as Karate Dog. Right. Uh, Chevy Chase's Karate Dog, <laughs> and again, this is more interesting than anything in my summer yeah. story, because again, ultimately, what happened? I mean, the most, the thing mm. we could talk about with my summer story that can really just gauge how we felt is that we have had viewings of films where we have been angry, and we constantly talk about why we're angry to one another because we have to let it out. But we yeah, are, just kind of constantly going. God. Yeah. But we're constantly, yeah. we're also constantly invested. Because we want to see if it gets any worse or if it gets any better. Mm-hmm. My Summer Story is the first time in a very, very, very long time where both of us were on our phones yeah. for a good chunk of the time. And it doesn't matter. You know why? Because <laughs> nothing in the fucking movie <laughs> well, matters. And there were there were multiple instances where, like, okay, we'd both drift onto our phones. And then one of us would start watching again and, like, kind of laugh. And the other would, like... Look, look up, up from their phone and be like, "What? What happened?" It's like nothing. The movie's not funny. I'm just I'm just laughing, laughing to at, make money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing about how unfunny the film is. That's yeah. why it's so funny. Um, I did a yeah. lot of Christmas shopping that day. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of Amazon Christmas shopping. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. We were almost kind of despondent, like just sitting there. It was yeah, barely any reactions the yeah. whole time. Out of all the films that Andy has uh, shamed me for buying as preparation for a trilogy, <laughs> this is the one that I think he most is, deserving. He is most deserving, because <laughs> again, there's no fucking place to stream this fucking thing. Right. And I was like, it's only eight dollars. At worst, yeah. comes worst. I w- la- wasted eight dollars. And you know what? There is worse than that. I did waste eight dollars, <laughs> but I also have to look on that on my fucking shelf. Yeah, and I don't want to ever look at it. Yeah. I'd honestly rather own a Christmas story too than my summer story, <laughs> and that's not any better. Really. Well, and shaming aside, I appreciate you taking that, uh, taking that, falling on that sword for this podcast, <laughs> buying a physical copy it's of that. It's funny. Film. It's just like because you, you. You indirectly shamed me for buying two of the three films for the Shin trilogy. Yes, right. and I was like, "Man, I just want to watch these films. And I, lo- I already love one of them." It's so more of a running I- bit than anything. Yeah, but honestly, if you had just waited a few weeks after that, you <laughs> that that text would have had more merit. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, my summer story's bad. I'm moving on. I'm sick of talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, the next film is... No, not really any better. Not really any better, but I will admit I had a better time with, just in an ironic sense. Yeah. And then it's A Christmas Story 2. So, 1994, It Runs in the Family comes out. It is on a $15 million budget. I believe it makes $73,000. Yeah. It makes, it bombs harder than you could have ever, right. I think Gene Shipper could have ever imagined. Yeah. So, you know, scrap any idea of making any more Christmas Story type <laughs> films. For a very long time, until I believe was it after his death, the Christmas Story two was made. Uh, I think so. I think so, because like in 2012, we get straight to video a yeah, Warner yeah, he, a Warner premiere classic. Gene Shepard died in '99. Oh my god! Oh damn, that's a fucking bummer. We yeah. only had five years after it runs in the family, and uh, I mean, it did it, man. I do think I I think his kids do produce a Christmas Story Christmas, uh-huh. so, which is good. Unless they're involved in that, but I do not think they're they involved have. in this. I know Vince this. Vaughn produced A Christmas Story. Yes, Christmas. which we'll talk more about uh, <laughs> with that one. But A Christmas Story 2 comes out in 2012. It's a straight-to-video Warner premiere classic original, Yeah, which is basically also known, I believe, as the most disliked movie trailer as of now. Like, oh, like I, it might have changed. I can't think of any other movie that would have another dislike ratio the same as Christmas Story Two. But I remember <laughs> when that film's trailer came out. Again, straight to video. No one should have any expectations for this film. It's still pissed off enough people that it has like merit for like at one point the most hated movie trailer on YouTube. Wow. Of all time. And to be honest, it's understandable because a Christmas Story Two is also dog shit. Yeah. It is a film. That is basically doing what my summer story does, but surprisingly looking cheaper. (laughs) And it also came out later in life, so it shouldn't look this cheap, but it fucking does. Right. Um, I think the best description, honestly, the best part about watching A Christmas Story 2 is reading the Letterboxd reviews. Uh There's some good Letterboxd reviews. And one that really describes the look and feel of the film in a very uncomfortable way is it feels like a porn parody without any sex, <laughs> without any porn. Yeah, it kind of does. It really just, like, the set design, the actors, like, it feels like... There's that level of kind of hamminess that's not entertaining, just, yeah. like, over amateurish overacting yes. going on, where it's just, yeah, it feels like porn. Like, I mean, uh, what's his name? Daniel Stern really feels like that throughout I, this movie. I don't understand. This is something I I need to talk about right now because it's going to, I mean, because these first two films, it fucking boggles my mind. <laughs> Why can't you cast an old man, a man that looks like the old man? Yeah. Like the old man, I think clearly is supposed to be casting a little older than you would think a man would be for like Ralphie's actual dad's age. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, he's, the old man like yeah. he's it's like he's almost iconic of always thinking of him being like this old person mm-hmm. when in reality probably when ralphie's an adult you go like oh well he wasn't that old yeah but like <laughs> charles groden looks nothing like like the old man no, in any way yeah. even like just physically either right and the daniel stern which again love him in the humble and one and two yeah, he's great he's great he's great i think daniel stern's a great guy it seems like but like he's fucking also, I think arguably worse casting just on a physical level yeah. compared to Charles Grodin. Yeah. 
because like at a certain point too, it's like they kind of try to put Daniel Stern in again, which looks like porn parody esque old man outfits. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, yeah. it's not the same man. Who are you tricking? <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. Yeah, and the, there's stop just stop doing that to him. There's also just not a lot of consistency to the way the old man is like characterized physically. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that like the way that Ralphie, the narrator, talks about him throughout the three these the original and these first two is fairly consistent. You know, he's kind of a grouchy, stern old man. Yes. Um, yes. But the way he behaves is entirely different, it yeah. feels like. I think, yeah, Grodin is horrendous. Again, yeah. Again, again, an actor He's doing, that, like, Three Stooges stuff, he's almost. Be- yeah, he's beloved in the Beethoven films, but he is just the absolute <laughs> worst casting for my for the father in My Summer Story. Yeah. And then in, then in Christmas Story 2, like, Daniel Stern is just, like, Yes, he is incredibly hilarious in Home Alone. He is a very funny actor, right. but like what you're giving him is fucking nothing. Yeah, he he just has to yell. Which, it's like that's like whoever because like, again it was written by Clay Cadis as well as directed by this one. No, Clay Cadis oh, did a Christmas story. Yeah, Christmas, yeah, my bad. Yeah, uh, the guy who directed this, Nat I Ma- know. Ma- he, oh, directed is he actually directed Beethoven? That's right. Brian that's, Levant. Yeah, that's a yeah. fucking... Which he is also directed kind of funny Snow Dogs. That, yes. He's got so many he fucking kids films. put out a lot of garbage in the 90s and 2000s. Don't say that about Snow Dogs, even if the it's The Flintstones. <laughs> well, he did do Jingle All the Way. To his credit, he did Jingle All the Way. That, that is a dog The Turbo film. Man movie. I like that movie. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. That is, that's not a good movie either. <laughs> but he uh, did both Flintstones movies. The, those aren't that good <laughs> Yeah, those are terrible. Oh, my God. I will give Christmas story to this though. I mean, this is this is one of those things where like I it's seeing this as a quote unquote merit, I think is giving it too much credit. But at least for me, watching a Christmas story too and just watch them be like, Listen, <laughs> you fucking are here. If you're even thinking about watching this, you're watching this because you wanna see Ralphie really want this one thing. Yeah. You're gonna see the old man bitch about the radiator. You're gonna see the mom be very quiet and be not very opinionated, but clearly the smartest of the family and yeah. is really just the voice of reason when she needs to be. And you're also going to see Randy kind of just be, you know, an idiot because <laughs> yeah. he's a child. Right. Uh, but like, and then you're also going to see Flick and Schwartz just be the worst because <sighs> they're, they're just, they are what they are. Yeah. At least, at least in Christmas story too, I, I can think of what those actors look like. Like for Flick and Schwartz in my summer story, it just, it just yeah. looks like they had two kids off the street and they right, gave each other random. They gave them five dollars and a jawbreaker, and that's what they <laughs> fucking. That was their pay for that film. Yeah. So like, I mean, at least at a certain point, it's very well aware that like it has no right to exist. It exists solely for money. It's a cash grab. It's not pretending to be anything more than, and it's just. It's doing the absolute best with the shittiest and dumbest hand possible. That being said, though, movie's still dog shit. Yeah. It's dog shit, and if anything, the reason why I enjoy this one more is because it was funnier in an ironic sense. Sure. Like, I am still thinking about the fact that Ralphie basically climaxes in band practice. Yeah. And no That's one- a moment. And it clearly feels like it's trying to make a puberty joke, but also it's a kid's film, so it doesn't commit to it. No. And it's just like, I remember both. 
Again, the experience of watching this was so much more fun than when we watched my summer story, <laughs> which was a bummer because due to the scheduling, we couldn't watch the last yeah, two films together. We watched it with Adam. I watched the I watched Christmas Story two with Adam, and I watched a Christmas Story Christmas by myself. Cause, Same. And uh, I just remember like because <laughs> I put it on on Max, formerly HBO Max for the kids <laughs> out there. And uh, it just has, like, the poster as the background. Uh-huh. And I remember Adam walking into the living room and looked like he just had a shiver come down his spine. <laughs> We're just looking at Daniel Stern's old man. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember when that scene happens with the band practice, both our eyes widen. are like, is he going to – are they having Ralphie, like, finish? Sure, it certainly looks like it. It's like, it's like, I know he's a teenager, but, my God, leave this – Yeah. Quit. And then he also sniffs his, like, love interest hair. Yeah. It's like, stop doing this to Ralphie. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, not – Not the vibe. This is character assassination. <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> he can be horny. If he's a teenage boy, that's fine. But the sniffing hair part just feels <laughs> gross. Yeah. Even more so than you could have imagined. Yeah. And in speed of his love interest, uh, unsurprisingly, there's no character. No, she's not really even she's there. in the film other than like as an image in the distance yes. until the very end. I, I swear I've seen her in a – I swear she's in Riverdale. So I feel like this oh. is like – this might be a Canadian production or like they shot it in Canada, like a oh. CW thing. It's not a CW production, but if that was the case, I feel bad for all the <laughs> Christmas Story 2 people that work 17-hour days just for this. Yeah. But – Ultimately, like, yeah, there's the big thing about Ralphie in this film, and arguably it makes sense for what age Ralphie is. He wants a car. Yeah. He's going to turn 16. He wants a car. He wants a car just to look cool and basically <clears throat> get laid. Yeah. He just wants to, he just wants to have a girlfriend. Yeah. That's all he wants. And, and again, that leads to the main thing about the film is that you know, he, I, I guess, technically has more urgency in the plot because it's like a ticking time scenario. Yeah. Because basically, Ralphie's a fucking idiot. He gets into a car that's not his. An accident happens in the said car. He has to pay back the accident yeah. because he's a fucking he idiot. owes the owner of the car money by Christmas Eve. I so believe $85. Yes. Which I believe in today money. Yeah, which in today money is like, I think, $1,100. Ooh. <laughs> It's like a lot. It's yeah. That makes sense for putting a hole in a convertible top. Uh, inflation's a bitch. Yeah. Um. But Almost yeah. Fourteen hundred dollars. Gross. Yeah. But yeah, the main the main Ralphie plot is basically him flicking Schwartz, being like, "Well, we gotta make money for my mistake." <laughs> yeah. And so they work at Higby's, which is. I where like that they all just without question go jump on his mission with him. Yes. You know, uh, like. In a better movie, I would say, oh, yeah, wholesome. That's what friends are for. In this, it just pissed me off because it's like, what What are these? Why would these guys agree because to help him Because what are Schwartz doing? Yeah. They're not doing anything. Yeah. They're meaningless. They're fucking useless. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, the the most distracting thing about Flick and Schwartz is the fact that I'm pretty sure Flick is in the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, now I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, um, gosh. So while that's going on, the the dad's big story is you remember in the first film when the dad was mad at the furnace for being a shitty furnace. Well, right. he really wants a new furnace. That's but his he's, whole fucking shtick. He's yeah. a fucking cheapskate. Yeah, he won't get a turkey because it's too expensive. Yeah, he won't get a new furnace, fresh furnace because it's too expensive. Yeah, he's just a cheapskate who wants to go on a bad backdrop and ice fish. Yeah, and 
which is also the most fun too because in that backdrop scene like he's clearly sitting on a sound stage and there's a backdrop of a forest behind him and if you look close enough you can actually see the line <laughs> not only can you see the line due to how they're lighting the, the line like the edge of the the screen backdrop because yeah. you can also notice this by the fact that one you can see that the lighting on the fake snow is not the same color as right. the light hitting the backdrop snow. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think one snow is yellower than the other. And then also, if you look very closely in certain scenes, you can see the seams in the backdrop. Ah. Just very faintly. Yeah. Again, I'm a bit eagle-eyed on shit like this, yeah. and that's not even a bragging thing. It's one of those things where people go, what is <laughs> wrong with you? How the fuck do you see that? But I swear to God I saw a seam, and I only it only made me love the film more. Because ah. I'm just like, ah, this is so shitty. Added to that <laughs> massive pile of love you feel for uh, this film. The added, the massive pile of, I want this to be done, <laughs> but at least this isn't my summer story experience. Yeah. Because, yeah, as soon as this film ended, like, I don't know if this happens with you. I, I doubt it because I feel like this is, like, I get not migraines, but almost like a numbing like I'm just like a little bit numb after a film like that. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like my brain is like, I can't. There's nothing to say about the film other than movie bad to a degree. Yeah. I mean, that's so, like, like I said, going into this conversation, it was like, I honestly just don't have a ton to say. Like, no, you can't really do justice to how just kind of hollow these this yeah. movie is. Um, again, the thing about trying to recreate a classic like A Christmas Story is that time and time again with history, especially with cinematic history, classics like that happen on accident yeah they are films that want to make money their goal is to be successful and people to enjoy yes but to hit a classic status like that is something that you cannot really replicate or create naturally unless again it's completely luck yeah in that regard like again think of any fucking big blockbuster or classic from the 70s and 80s even just look at spielberg's filmography in his early years and a lot of those classics were not intentionally like Jaws was almost seen as a <laughs> failure because the fucking shark didn't work. Yeah, and they had to edit around the mis like the 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 miscalculations and the right. the problems with the animatronic and still it's considered the first blockbuster next yeah. to Star Wars. Yeah, and I mean again same with Back to the Future. God, that movie has so much fucking shit <laughs> that I can't even believe that's one of the best 80s films of all time. Yeah. And again, with The Christmas Story, it's the similar thing. There's something about The Christmas Story that just works that if you even try to recreate, it's just not going to do it. Yeah. It's also the fact that yeah, this it's, film... It's the haphazard magic of that movie. It also, just again, in a, in, a, in a... I get it. Popularity's sake asks studio execs to go into a room and waste their salaries for a few hours to be like, (laughs) why can't we just make a sequel to this film? Yeah. When in reality, because I would even argue the Christmas story isn't just popular. I think a Christmas story is a Christmas story popular specifically. There is no other film, I think, in American history that has been fucking jammed down our throats like this yeah to a degree where it's like if you even think about connecting this to the original it's going to be like a 90 percent failure 10 percent possible success <laughs> right. because it's like either you are just like 
sick of the original to the point where it's like, if I see any fucking kid put on a blonde wig and goofy eyes mm-hmm. and goofy glasses, I'm going to fucking hate that kid. Right. Which is, I think, why Christmas Story 2 just got so much shit as it first came out. Sure. Or you have people that are just, like, such big fans of the original film, they're just going to watch those sequels and be like, I could just watch the original when it's on TBS right. on right. Christmas Day. Like, it's just... It's so unique in why it's popular because it's a mix of being a good film, hitting at the right time in the 80s, and also, in a corporate sense, being jammed down the public's throat. Yeah. It's just something you don't really see much with films. Yeah. It's like the closest thing I can think about that could be even – it can't even be compared to it, but in a a modern sense, it's like any time – a- ABC Family, now known as Freeform, mm-hmm. when they shove a Harry Potter film down your throat sure. for a season, yeah. Yeah. where it's like, oh, there's a Halloween scene in this. No, don't play the whole fucking film. There's one Christmas scene in a Harry Potter film, but yeah. like, those are like, it's like the closest thing I can think of. But that's not even that doesn't even count because again, it's not a Christmas story, popular. right? Right. So making sequels to a film like that, like the one that had the most chance of probably working is my summer story because we haven't had three nearly four this year will be four decades almost of rerun just you know popularity yeah like just going down our throats four decades <laughs> four decades of this and with my summer story at that point it was only 11 years right and that film fucking sucks <laughs> and then it hasn't gotten any better since yeah. in fact the world forgot about it yeah and in fact like a christmas story has just become more and more ubiquitous with christmas that you just can't get away from Mm -hmm. it is the last christmas by wham of christmas films (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, it really is and you are really playing with fire to your detriment when you want to be like okay let's make a christmas story too ralphie really wants to fuck right and that's really all you want to do yeah and it's like okay this is just not going to do well. Uh-huh. And so ultimately, with these two films at least, it is just ultimately like, I if anything, I'm glad that everyone who's involved got paid. Like, that feels like, like yeah. a really There's base a level. Positive. And also the fact that anyone who's involved in this, people are going to forget it so quickly, they're not even going to remember that they're a part of this. Right. Like, you know, Daniel Stern is not going to ever be made fun of for being the old man in Christmas Story Yeah, nobody thinks of him as the guy who replaced the old man. No, no one's ever going to. Yeah, these are just, like, the amount of films that almost fit in, like, the useless category. Yeah. The amount of films that come out like that every year. (laughs) So when you add that as a Christmas-themed version of that. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, it is, uh, like, I feel it's, like, less offensive than my summer story, but it's still, again cannot express this enough it's dog shit it's dog shit dog shit the first two films yeah. of this is dog shit cannot recommend and i will say though the flick in his you know lips stuck in the uh the tube yeah that's like almost a good bit that's i it's a weird bit if, or i kind of admire it for being weird if for some reason if it's a just a million just one in a million chance if you are the person <laughs> who made that prosthetic and you're listening to this podcast i would love to talk to you I would love to hear what you know about being a part of this film. and Because yeah. when I saw that prosthetic, I, again, when we watch bad films like this, my brain automatically goes and says it quietly in my brain. Someone had to make that. Right. Someone had to make a teenage boy's lips stretch in a uncomfortable cartoonish way. 
and had got paid for it. Yeah. Went home to probably their 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 wife or husband and kids <laughs> and got to be like today's work was I don't want to talk about it, honey. Yeah. Like, it's like it's I want to know <laughs> where those lips are. They right. need to be burned. <laughs> they need to be taken. <laughs> they need to be thrown away. They're in a not. glass case somewhere. <laughs> they own them. Yeah. Whoever made them owns them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's a Christmas story too. Uh, it's you know, it's the best part about talking about it right now is that it'll go right out my right out my ears as soon as we're done talking yeah. about it. Dump. Yeah. So finally, Dump. we're gonna get to the one that is probably the most popular of these three. It is also Certainly the most well known, probably, yeah, and the most recent. Yeah, <clears throat> which is a Christmas story, Christmas, a film that is <laughs> already. In places aged by milk every time I see an HBO Max logo in the credits. (laughs) Yeah. But ultimately is a film that is the closest thing to a Christmas Story sequel I think we'll ever get that isn't just inherent dog shit. Yeah. It is, in my mind, it is forgettable, fairly boring in places. Not good. But also inoffensive. Yeah. And and it has merits even if it doesn't yeah. work ultimately altogether i actually to go into this i'll i'll the premise is basically ralphie's a struggling writer who lives in chicago he's he gets, an adult now so it's been yes. 30 years yes yeah so ralphie's like in his late 40s early 50s yeah. in this it's played by the original ralphie peter billingsley mm-hmm. film is produced like andy said earlier by vince Vaughn and peter billingsley because they're both <laughs> great friends Oh, okay. They've worked on stuff together. They actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's called Wild West because um, I they actually produced a Wild West comedy tour a few decades back, oh. which has a bunch of uh, comedy. It's like it was kind of like that era of like blue collar comedy tour was coming down, huh. and they were like, we could do our own thing. And so Vince Vaughn kind of did a yeah. tour with a bunch of uh, comedians. One of those comedians is now. Probably one of the most popular he's been in a while, Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, Maniscalco, yeah. yeah. Maniscalco. That was like one of his first big things was okay. that film. Okay. Um, but basically, Peter Billingsley and Vince Vaughn, I think, did an after-school special together in the 90s, became great friends, have been together and done things together for quite a while. Um, Peter Billingsley did like a cameo in Four Christmases with Vince yeah. Vaughn. Also directed, I think it's one of the only things Peter Billingsley has actually directed. He directed Couples Retreat, oh. which is a Vince Vaughn comedy. Right, right. And also, probably the one thing that most people who are listening to this actually know him from, Peter Billingsley is also in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. He is the man that gets yelled at by Jeff Bridges for a box of scraps. Doesn't show up in another film until... Spider-Man Far <laughs> Spider-Man From Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, which where is he becomes a, a semi-actual character. Yeah. He's a henchman to Mysterio. Which is fucking so funny. Yeah. Especially with Peter Billingsley on that front. But Ralphie is a struggling writer. He gets a call from his mom that his dad has passed away like, f- a, di- like a week before Christmas. Right. He comes home to help his mother and also realize that since his father, since the old man is dead... He has to take care of Christmas and make sure it's, you know, the best Christmas that he can think of post his father's passing. Mm-hmm. That is basically the premise of the film. There's not really much else there other than just, you know, oh, what wacky antics from the original film can we throw back into this? Right. So before we get into any kind of random stuff we talk about, I wanted to pose a few questions to Andy. Because <laughs> okay. I want to say, so what... Uh, in terms of the callbacks to the original film that are brought back into this, 
which ones were like the most annoying to you. Let's just pick uh, one or two. Which ones were kind of like the ones that kind of pissed you off? They're like, I can't believe we're bringing this back up again. <laughs> and then also, might be the hardest for you, which ones did you actually kind of like? Because mm. I, I do have a few in that. I do have a few in kind of all those categories. But Yeah, I mean, I think the thing, I was thinking about it while I was watching it. I, I appreciated more, this isn't super specific, but I appreciated more the moments that like, the film is just kind of like lingering like when they're in the old house and the film is just kind of like oh they're the characters are doing a thing organically that sort of pays homage to a similar moment in the original film i appreciated that stuff a lot more than like whenever uh ralphie would look around the room and just see flashes of scenes from the old movie and it's like why we get it. We're I, all again, here because we love a Christmas story. I, I, like we yeah. know the moments. But Andy, do you know specifically which moments that uh, you love about the Christmas story? I don't love any moments of this movie, but um, I will no, say. No, but I mean, like, yeah, it's like, but do you remember specifically? And then it just has like this little thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. Again, that's why I brought up the Bumpuses thing because the funniest part about this oh, film yeah. is at a certain point when they're doing an old man flashback montage, you just hear it in an echo. Yeah. <laughs> unprompted yeah so fucking funny it's it's very funny um i will say the most confusing i guess callback uh you know casting that i i didn't understand what his situation was is the whole randy of it all yeah randy so the original randy is back in this film yeah. it's the actual Re- original randy yeah and when i saw that i was like okay i'm curious because randy in the original film his whole thing is basically you can't put his arms down He's always just fucking, you know, packed the gills for Christmas, like for winter weather. And also he's, I think his big thing in that is show me how the piggies eat and daddy's going to kill Ralphie. Yeah. Is also, he's, he is the one who tells his mom about Ralphie beating the shit out of Scott (laughs) Farkas. And so like, you know, you know, Randy at a certain point as a character, is like, what do you, if you're already bringing back all these old characters and having to justify why they're here, how exactly are you going to justify Randy coming back and what is he doing? And they decided, I don't understand why this was the choice, but Randy is a, basically a big game hunter in India. I guess. I think he's dressed in like, he's dressed like the fucking dad from Tarzan. Yeah. In a giant ass bed that is, (laughs) Clearly, they didn't shoot in India. They just shot, they like basically made this room that was like this. Kind of looks like a man in lives in India in the seventies, right? Right. And there's once there's two scenes with Randy. One, he's in a bed saying, "I'm in India right now, Ralph. I just can't get over there right now." <laughs> and then ends the film ends with Randy showing up, surprise. Yeah, gives, and he does nothing. Yeah, gives Ralphie's kid a gives kids like a taxidermied <laughs> ferret and a saber. Oh, yeah, the saber. Which is, like, you know, cute, I guess. Sure. And it's also they, you know, Ralphie's wife has a funny thing with him because her name is Sandy and his name is Randy. Ah, So they yeah. go, ah, Randy, ah, Sandy. Sandy. Yeah, that's, that's like, the most confused part about the film because I'm like, what the fuck? Just don't yeah, bring, don't and bring Randy back. Yeah, right in before the end. Like, it's, yeah, just yeah. totally unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, like... 
that's like the most confused I was about the film. The most I will say the just to give your just to give your you know brain a little oil, just to kind of like you know juice it up a little bit for like what we're talking about. Because again, we're now at the point we're about to hit an hour, and where I'm I'm running low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Of shit that like the big thing. That, Ironic, ironically, the best of these movies might be the one we talk about the least. Yeah, because it's it's just inoffensive. Yeah. It's fine to a degree, but also pretty fucking boring. It is boring. It's, it's not a very like funny or quick yeah, moving. Yeah, it movie. looks fine. The film looks the, yeah, technically it looks the, the most best. Competent. Um, and Peter Billingsley is genuinely trying. I think yeah, it's like you know, everyone like, involved uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. There are moments where like it's. I guess after watching the previous two, it's kind of comforting watching a leading man who's like kind of compelling. Yeah. Like it's like I felt almost. You know, I was not brought yeah. to severe emotion by this movie, but like I, no. I felt the wavelength that Peter Billingsley's performance was on. Oh yeah, and I was like, okay, this feels like Ralphie. This feels like a mm-hmm. a thematic and and conceptual extension of the original film. It yes. makes sense. Yeah. But my least favorite part, callback wise to Christmas Story Christmas, is the forced Ralphie laughs. That Peter Billingsley will throw in from time uh, to time. They were they're little they're like little goblin laughs that Ralphie would make in the original film. He's a little mischief. He's a little mischief yeah. maker. Peter Billingsley will do that same laugh or try to do that same laugh <laughs> as a forty year old man. Yeah, and it's like what? Why would you do that? Yeah, stop. You're an adult. <laughs> Quit it. Think on think on think on your sins. Quit yeah. doing that. That was like the that was like the most annoying. The my favorite, I guess, quote unquote favorite two bits that are callbacks are making flick and Schwartz just kind of be like flick is the more successful of the two being like a bar owner. Yeah. And like, but basically, basically making the two childhood friends just be tied to the tied to their town. Mm-hmm. Like basically Schwartz is Schwartz is a mess. Yeah. Schwartz is a bum basically. And flick is just, he's just coasting. He's yeah, he's he li- he's, yeah, he's and, yeah living a yeah. solid life in a small town. There's not much else. Right, right. And so it was kind of it was, I loved the idea of like in most scenarios like them pulling like the triple dog dare you out of your ass when they're forty years old would be <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah. Unless one of them knows the other is a fucking loser and will take it seriously, <laughs> so they use that against him. Yeah. And that was I was like that seems genuinely like there was some thought put into that. I, right. That was okay. Um, I still, it's also throws me off that this is a legendary production. The same, like the fact is like from the same people oh, that yeah. brought you 300 yeah. Watchmen, the Godzilla, Godzilla the American yeah. Godzilla films, <laughs> Kong yeah. comes a Christmas story. Christmas. Christmas yeah. This is probably the biggest budget of the three films too. I think this Has is like to be. 40 million, which yeah. again, doesn't seem like it because anytime CGI is kind of used in this film, it looks like ass. Yeah. There's one scene where a little girl or a little boy vomits before seeing Santa, and it looks like a add-on from like Adobe. Right. Like you just pick like the a point. Built-in plug yeah. In, like yeah, a... like a plug-in. Like it's like, oh my god, <laughs> how much money did you have? <laughs> right. Right. There's also like, unfortunately, due to the declining health of the original mother. She was she was retired at that point as an actress, but they asked her to come back, and she declined because, unfortunately, she actually passed away about a month after this film came out, about yeah. two months after, 
they recasted the mom with the lead love interest and flight attendant from Airplane. Yeah, Julie Haggerty. Yeah, and she, I think, does as best as she can. I thought she was kind of good. She was. Um, She was also very silly. Yeah, for sure. And worked well. Yeah, she's doing crazy old lady things. Yeah, the Caroler stuff was... um, That is a bit that I was constant Like, the whole time, I was like, why is this a bit? I I don't understand. I I agree with that, but Haggerty really is just trying to, like, do backflips and... Yeah, she's doing everything she can to sell it. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah, it's... It's, There's not a whole lot to the movie. Like, I mean, I think one thing that I do appreciate about this movie is that it kind of... It goes for, like, earnest sentiment and kind of actually gets it. The first or the previous two movies of this trilogy are just doing the same thing over again. Yeah. Like, in an empty way. It means nothing. It doesn't expand on the story that he was telling in the first film. And this one feels like, okay, yes, it's, it's nostalgia bait. But it's, you know, dealing with uh, Ralphie's memories of his dad, Mm -hmm. which is kind of great because the original film is all about his memory of his childhood. And this one is like, okay, now he's an adult actively remembering these things and Mm -hmm. kind of rose, you know, remembering his father and Christmas through rose tinted glasses and things Mm -hmm. and kind of reckoning with the reality of it. And also to clarify, because I don't know if it makes it any clear the fact that the other two films are trash, and you've probably never heard of those two films. Those films are not canon, so you're not going to see A Christmas Story Christmas even talk about yeah. any of those two films. This It literally is. It only references the first film. Yeah, it's more of like, it's like a Tron Legacy kind of situation <laughs> where it's just like, it's been pl- three plus decades, yeah, uh, um, nearly four decades, and it's like, we're just going to pretend it's we never made anything in between yeah. that was possibly a sequel and so yeah the, the old man has died in this he dies in this movie off screen um yeah never see him um because i think the original old man passed away in the early 2000s yeah yeah i think so so like, um, he, i mean he had passed away for a while but it again i think that's another that's a good way to bring ralphie back yeah instead kill of, his dad <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. Well, you make a good point, too. It's like, yeah, in the original Christmas story. It makes a good thematic connection to the original. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of the big moments that happen to Ralphie usually pertain to also the old man being involved yeah. in some way, shape, or right. form. And it makes sense to kind of recontextualize the original film as like an old man obituary, which mm-hmm. is kind of what the film, which is what the film does. Right. The film basically ends on, and now... A Christmas story. And now I'm going to tell you a Christmas story. It is, yeah. You're literally watching the snake eat itself. And it's just like, hey, honestly, close that loop. I don't yeah. want anything in that loop other than these close two Close that films. loop and leave it closed. I'm fine with that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's just, I, I know, like, the only people that I've known in my life in the last year that have actually seen this and talked to me about it are my parents. Oh. And they were like, oh, yeah, we liked it. It was fine. And that's honestly what I think. I wonder is, if our friend Austin has seen it, since he's I, such a big fan of the I original. don't think he has, because, again, I think I can already see Austin with just his... Just like, no, no, and I'm not, not going to do that. Not even say that. I Just him shaking his head <laughs> like violently head, yeah. like this. I would never besmirch, <laughs> besmirch the original's, you know, purity. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, it just... There's not much here mm-hmm. other than, like, if you are watching A Christmas Story on Max, formerly HBO Max, 
and yeah. you are um, like, God, I wonder if there's anything else tied to a Christmas story that isn't just the bottom of the barrel dog shit, <laughs> worthless garbage. And you're like, oh, there's a Christmas story Christmas. So if you're just starving for more Christmas story content. Yeah, this is the this is the Quaker oatmeal of <laughs> Christmas story sequels. And considering the the, the other two vast are actual valley shit. of shit we've had, <laughs> I will take I can I can add my own I can add my own brown sugar to it. Yeah, right. I can have I mean, again, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, while I would say it's not a bad movie not that good either it's yeah it's just in the middle of the road i it's even though i enjoyed it more than my summer story i will be i would be lying if i said i didn't sometimes just check my phone and look up and be like nothing's really happened yeah like thankfully with all three of these films well it doesn't really help the shitty ones but at least in terms of objectively they're only like a little over 90 minutes uh-huh so like it's not like it's going to take over your life <laughs> watching each one like watching these films but like that being said don't do it no 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 don't no don't bother unless you <laughs> really like me and you want my blu-ray copy of my summer oh. story cuz guess what i will sell it to you for the low low price of nothing <laughs> I will just hand it to you. I will, he, some might even say that I you will, would force it. I upon will you. train a stray cat to find your house, and I will tape a copy of my summer story to it, <laughs> just to be COVID friendly. <laughs> I know yeah. we're not really worried about it now, but I know that cat could get it to you just in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, going into like when I suggested this trilogy to Andy, it was just like, yeah, it's it's a Christmas story is a is I would say the American christmas classic it is now the titular quintessential when people talk about a christmas film or when people go you know my my christmas film is not like other christmas films it's usually describing a christmas story uh-huh it is it is a film that has become so godlike un I, like <laughs> i unironically to so many people when it comes to christmas time that it just like nothing else has topped it yeah in terms of popularity and so like why not talk about the sequels to the one of the biggest that nobody has watched to, nobody should watch but yeah. also haven't watched and especially considering the last one just came out last year right which what did we do last year for christmas did we do anything for christmas last year i don't know if we did one that was holiday themed no because we, we did the santa clauses oh yeah because then january we did, but the the original trilogy was two years ago i think Yes. Two or three. My, no, that was our first Christmas trilogy. And then yeah. two years ago, we Black did Christmas? Nutcracker. Last year, I think we did Black Christmas. Christmas. And then we were like, okay, in January, we'll do like a, a, a traditional Christmas thing. Yeah. We'll do the Disney Plus show, which in case you're wondering, we are not doing season two. I've already heard that season two in some places <laughs> is worse than season one. I'm not going to watch that. Why would I watch that? Yeah. I already felt bad when I asked Andy, hey, ironically, let's watch the Christmas Santa Clauses <laughs> and... We both regretted it, episode two. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I just it just felt interesting to just look at those sequels because again, this show is built on this. Sh- this show honestly deserves to exist in a way because of these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I mean, uh, at least in my mind, it's it's just the reason why we still I still keep going with this <laughs> is because I find trilogies like this and it's like I don't think Andy's gonna like this, <laughs> but if he says yes, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Let's see. I, I'll be unwavering on this. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's, those are the Christmas the Christmas story sequels. Yeah. I mean, it's, if any of them, 
are worth your watch. It is, of course, the last one. Yeah. The, the formerly HBO Max, now Max original. <laughs> um, hopefully when Paramount Plus in the boring dystopia that we live in, hopefully if Paramount does possibly merge with Warner, which I fucking hope it doesn't, right? it might become a HBO Paramount Plus original. <laughs> God, what that's such a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Warner Mount original. Oh, <laughs> Gag. <laughs> Can you just imagine, like, in an like, hopefully, then never that doesn't fully happen. But like, if there's an alternate reality where it does happen, just like you go to Paramount Plus and it has Bugs Bunny right next to Paramount Plus's Master Chief, uh, <laughs> yeah, right next to Big Brother, <laughs> right next to like fucking Rick and Morty and Jeff Probst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is the holiday season. Treat yourself by not watching two of these three films. Yeah, um, or or don't watch. Or don't watch three. any of them. Yeah. yeah, or if you yeah, unless you're just very curious to see the the actors from the original film come back, but not in a way that is like we're gonna do Christmas story, but everyone <laughs> says fuck. Like it's right. not that. It's not nowhere near that. It is family <laughs> friendly. It is. Um, it's again the best sequel you can ever expect from a Christmas story. Yeah. And you know what? Hopefully nothing else ever tries to compete. I yeah, uh, hopefully Peter Billingsley doesn't have to come back for my summer story summer. <laughs> and ha- or Kieran Culkin comes back for that. They just put a gun to his head and say, "Yeah. Now that succession's over, now I have a job for you." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, so that will be the end of Odd Trilogies Trilogies for yeah. 2023. Um, it'll be our last episode of the yeah. year. Merry because, Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for listening. And tune in on January 6th when we talk about... The Insurrection. No. Oh, sorry. God, that's right. That's I thought, it was, I thought we were doing an anniversary episode. No, on The Insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, but yes, Jen. Yeah, you, you continue. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I will now. Um, tune in on the day I just said. Yes, <laughs> the sixth of the next month when we talk about our top tens of 2023. We're going to take the next, basically the next two weeks to kind of catch up on everything we've wanted to watch and yeah. at the time too because we've been watching a Christmas story sequels. Yeah, as well as everything else that's new, and just kind of. Discussing our favorites of the years, try our best to, you know, usually these episodes are long, but I think, yeah, know, it'll be a good time. I this year has been really fucking good. It's been a great year it's been for a movies. great year. And I'm honestly, excited to talk about it. Like this past week aside, I've been a lot kinder to myself in the movies that I choose to watch. I've watched a lot less dog shit this year, yeah. um, so I'm just feeling pretty yeah. positive on 2023. And, and hey, best best news for you is you've already watched your worst of the year. Yeah. You just watched it. Ain't no way I can outdo that. <laughs> and why would you even want to try? Why would I try? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe for our next for our episode, I'll just say my least favorite is Andy's face every time he talks about Rip. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's an honorable mention yes, for your time. Yes, it is. Um, I will say, though, uh, between this episode and next episode, I don't know about you, Logan, but I will probably be putting out a written end of year piece on the film yap oh uh, probably in about a week or so mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like it probably won't be a top 10 since we're doing a top 10 on the episode yeah but i'll do some kind of recap on 
movies I liked from this year. Yeah, honestly, it just depends on how much I get done next week. Because mm-hmm. honestly, like with you know, even though Christmas time will be over, it is now going to go straight into New Year's time. Yeah, which can also be fairly busy at times. So just Christmas. Yeah, so yeah I'll, I'll we'll definitely be posting your list of stuff mm. for yeah for me. I'm just going to try and buckle down and finally watch some of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Because the list keeps getting bigger. Right. And, you know, I have to hold back Rebel Moon just every time I look <laughs> at it. Like, I'm not, I got to treat myself with something yeah, that's look not at trash. It, you look at it and your eyes well up and you say, soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs> not today, <laughs> not old friend. Today. <laughs> but yeah, tune in on January 6th when we talk about our top 10 films of 2023. But until then, I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. Thank you so much for listening.